Welcome to Kingdom Connection with Pastor Jensen Franklin. Who are you? What a loaded question, right? How can we really know? There are many voices in our head competing for our belief. There's the voice of our hopes and dreams, the voice of our past. Maybe there's the voice of our parents or siblings, our classmates and coworkers. Can I ask you another question? Who does God say you are? That one might be scary too, but the good news is that the answer is clearly spelled out in scripture. Once you start to get your head and heart around what he says about you, the battle is on. If we want to experience all he has promised, we must let his voice win that battle. I want you to see in Genesis chapter 49, and this is what it says in verse 19, Gad, G-A-D, Gad, a troop shall tramp upon him. I love this, but he shall triumph in the end. It's going to be a season when he's going to be trampled down and look like a loser. But really what the father is saying to the son is you were born to win. And in the end, even though momentarily it will look like the dream is finished, your life is not going to be anything worth celebrating. It'll look like a troop has trampled you, we would say, in the ground. But in the end, you'll triumph. In the end, you'll win. This was Jacob's last conversation with his sons. If you read the context, it actually closes out by him leaning on his staff and dying. So he calls his boys in. He had 12 sons that would become the 12 tribes of Israel. And Jacob begins to prophesy over each one of those, which I love this because the father's giving his children, their identity, and their future. And he speaks words that are powerful, something for them to live up to, something for them to remind themselves of concerning their destiny when things get tough. And he gets to the boy named Gad, and he says, son, it's going to look like a troop is going to trample you down. And everybody will pretty much write you off. But in the end, you're going to win. You're born. He's saying in so many words, you were born to win, not to lose. I love that. I love the fact that the Bible said that he called, they called for the sons of Jacob. Now listen, this is very important. The sons of Jacob. And then it said, and they heard the voice of Israel. You remember, this is the, this is two Two people in one body because Jacob was Israel. Remember, God changed his name from Jacob to Israel. Jacob means a supplanter, a thief, a robber, a cheat, a liar, a no good. That's what it means, Jacob. But Israel means a prince with God. And you remember when Jacob wrestled with God and God said, no longer will your name be called Jacob. Your name will be called Israel. And what's interesting is they called for the sons of Jacob, but they heard the voice of Israel. The same man with two different experiences. The old Jacob was a liar, a cheat, a thief. But when God got finished with him, the same daddy became Israel, a prince with God who had power with God and favor with men. And the voice of Israel was the one that influenced them. Your earthly father 
may have been an alcoholic. He may have abandoned you. He may have walked away from you. He may have, but your spiritual father is God. He is your heavenly father. And he says, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. And I love the fact in a, in a fatherless generation, what a model for us to see that, that, that fathers and parents can speak identity into their children and give them their identity and paint them a picture of their future. And God says, I'll back it up. He wanted to give his son's identity. And he said, a troop will come over you and seemingly defeat you, but in the end, you'll overcome. In the end, you'll win. I'm going to tell you who you are, and I'm going to tell you where you'll be. When he was born at his birth, his mother saw the same thing, and she said, I'm going to name him Gad, which means a troop cometh. A troop cometh. In other words, all she saw was the negative stuff that was going to come against him. But Israel said, or Jacob said, I'm not going to leave it there. Yes, you're going to face a lot of setbacks and a lot of hits. And it's, going to, it's not going to be an easy life for you, son. I'm just telling you the truth. But he said, let me let you know that it's not going to end with a troop trampling you down to the ground. In the end, you will overcome. There will be, at times, a severe struggle. But in the end, you will win. In the end, you will get back up. You were born to overcome. You were born to win. Gad, you're going to get down, but you're going to get back up. You, you were not born to be defeated. You were not born to be depressed and discouraged permanently. You were not born to be destroyed by the things that come against your life, whether it's abuse, whether it's addiction. I'm not denying that temporarily things will seem to triumph and trample you. But I'm telling you that that is not your destiny and that is not your future because in the end, I, I had you born to win. You were not born for failure. Boy, I want this to get into somebody because internal talk matters. What you say to yourself matters. I'm not talented enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not as good as somebody. All of that matters. And he says, you were not born to lose. You were not born to be insignificant. You were born to win. And so when you get in those times when it looks like you're losing, you have to remind yourself of the prophecy that's over your life. There'll be times when it feels like you can't put one foot in front of the other. There'll be times when you feel like that, what's the use of even trying anymore? My dreams are so smashed and demolished and feels like I'm trampled to the ground. But he said, you were not born to be defeated. You were born to win. And I'm giving you something to live up to. I don't want you to get your identity from TikTok. I don't want you to get your identity from Hollywood. I don't want you to get your identity from a gang. I don't want you to get your identity from a protest group. I'm going to give you your identity. I've got a powerful destiny for your life. 
And they're not going to give you your identity. I'm going to give it to you. You say, well, my father did leave me and my earthly father was terrible. And I don't have anybody who spoke any good words. All I heard was you're nothing and you're nobody. Well, you've got spiritual fathers and I'm one of them. And here's the powerful thing in John 1 and verse 12. To as many as received them, to them gave he power to become the sons or daughters of God. I don't care who your earthly father was. If you believe on him, he says, now you are my son and I'm not losing. I'm not raising up a bunch of losers. I give you identity and I give you a future. Clap your hands and thank God for the truth of this word. You were born to win. You were born to win. Yes, you'll be trampled. Yes, it'll be tough. Yes, you'll feel like quitting, but you were born to win. You were born to win. John puts it like this. Whatever or whoever, the King James says, is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. What he's saying is you're born of God. And God has spoken over you, your identity. And it's not an identity of the past that makes you feel like a loser. Or maybe even your present that feels like that you're being trampled. But he's calling you to higher things. He says that you were born to win. It doesn't mean you won't have problems, but you'll overcome the problems. It doesn't mean that you won't have great, enormous challenges, but you'll over, doesn't mean you won't go through pandemics, but what I put in you is stronger and I'm going to pull you through it. You're going to get to the other side. We were not born to quit. We were not born to give up. A righteous man falls seven times a day, but rises again. When you have a righteous spirit, it's defined by how many times you get up. I love the fact that he said something else about winners when he said in Deuteronomy chapter 33, we're told that the tribe of Gad was there and God speaks a blessing and he says, blessed is he who enlarges Gad. The word enlarge means to help assist into the inheritance. God said winners have to be enlarged or encouraged is another word. Helped assisted at certain times, especially when they're low. And he says, if you want to be blessed, learn to be an encourager to people who have a destiny on their life. That when they're talking about giving up, you don't get down there in the, in the, in the pity party with them, but you grab them by the hand and say, you can't quit. That's not what God says about you. You can't give up. I'm not going to let you give up. I'm not going to let you lay in that addiction the rest of your life. That's not who you were born to be. You were born to win. Jeremiah chapter 12 said that if you can't run with the footmen, if you run with the footmen and they weary you, how will you contend with the horses? If, in other words, uh, this is not a negative statement, but if, you, if, you're, if you're giving up, if you're talking about giving up when the footmen are coming, that's the foot soldiers. There were foot soldiers and there were a horse, horsemen, you know, that had a great advantage back in the days. They didn't have guns. So, you know, the footmen were discouraging you. And God says, Jeremiah, if you're a little discouraged, you don't understand what, if the footmen weary you, what are you going to do when the horsemen come? And we almost make that negative, 
But what God is really saying is the footman level is not where I've called you to. I've called you to bigger things. You have no idea how great your future is. And if you're giving up over little footmen, you won't be able to handle the big world I'm about to put you in. When, when I look at this ministry, the footmen used to trouble me. Little things, just little, little stuff. Sister Bucketmouth could put me in the pit. One little, just anybody criticizing me. Now, I'm, I've just learned, you, that don't even matter. When you get up here, it's a different thing. The horsemen are coming at you. But really, it's encouraging because God says, you're not staying at that level. Why are you freaking out at that level when I, where I'm taking you is so much bigger because you were born to win? Everybody take a praise break. First Chronicles says something else that's powerful about winners. Everybody, everybody say winners are encouragers. And everybody say this, winners need encouragement. The second thing I want you to notice in 1 Chronicles chapter 12 is God says, the Gadites shall be men of war for battle. And he said, they shall have faces like lions and feet as swift as deer. He gives a description of a winner and he says one of the ways that a person, you know they're a winner, is they have a face like a lion. A lion is a predator and his eyes are not, he doesn't have one eye over here and one eye over here like a deer. He has, he has his eyes in front and it's so that he has, listen, laser focus. See, winners have to get laser focus and they're not distracted and deterred by all the noise and this and that and this and that. But this one thing I do, I reach for the prize of the high calling. I have a destiny and I can't let all of this and all of this distract me. I have laser focus, laser focus. You don't get your eyes all down here. You looking unto Jesus and, and realizing what he's called you to do will require laser focus. What are you focusing on? You set your eyes on the prize for the joy that was set before him. Jesus endured the cross when he was in his torture season, when he was being trampled and spit upon, he carried the cross. But the Bible said his eyes weren't all down here listening to every criticism and lie that was being told about him because he said for the joy that was set before him during his crucifixion, he was seeing the resurrection. He endured the cross. The second thing is it says, and his feet, a winner has feet that are swift as a deer. He leaves swiftly. He moves quickly like a deer. What does that mean? Joseph is a beautiful picture of a winner. Joseph had a magnificent dream, but Potiphar's wife with a spirit of adultery tried to get him in the bed. She said three times, lie with me. My husband's on a business trip. Lie with me. Lie with me. She seduced him and tricked him to come into the bedroom. And I'm sure she had on a biblical dress, lo and behold, and, 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 and letting everything hang out and, and, and showing him, you know, come on into my bed. The Bible said that he ran and got out of there. And she ripped his coat off. Poor guy. He, the, his brothers ripped his coat off. He couldn't keep a coat. He lost two coats, but he kept his dream. 
You might go through seasons of losing stuff, but if you follow God, you'll hold on to the dream. And in the end, he got the coat back. He got a ring of authority back and all the barns and their corn of the world, he owned it. But the piss was in that room, that bedroom. When he acted like a winner and had deer feet, you got to know when to get out of there. Something pops up on your computer. Get out of there, swift feet. You go to somewhere with people and they start pulling out cocaine and some party turns into something. Get out of there. Get, in, get on a date and you thought he was saved and then you find out he's only saved from the head down to the waist. The rest of him is not saved. Get out of the car and call Uber if you have to. But get, get deer speak because winners know when to run. Got to walk careful. In dangerous, highly dangerous times. And to give you one more. Well, if you're going to get anything out of it, you're on my last point almost. The greatest danger to winners is found in the story of Gad. Gad associated and teamed up and started camping out for 40 years in the wilderness with another tribe called Reuben. And this is the prophecy over Reuben from the father, the same day he spoke over Gad. Reuben, you're my firstborn. My might and the beginning of my strength. He's speaking now. He's saying these things are, should be in you. Might, strength. The excellency of dignity. The excellency of power. In other words, you are loaded, boy, with incredible, incredible potential. But watch the next verse. You're as unstable as water, and because of your instability, you will not excel. Now, what does that mean, it's unstable as water? Water's unstable because it, water changes in whatever atmosphere it gets in. If you put water in a cold atmosphere, a freezing atmosphere, it turns to ice. If you put water that's ice into a warm atmosphere, atmosphere, it turns to liquid. It can turn to steam. It becomes like the environment it's put in. And he said, son, you have so much potential, but you're unstable as water. If you would just be who you are, and then if they don't change, get deer's feet and get out of there. But you got to have laser focus to do what the place I'm taking you to. You got to have something in you. You got to stay encouraged and you're not going to get encouraged Here's, here's the point. The greatest danger to winners is hanging out and associating with the wrong people. Because when, when Gad, who's full and born, full of potential and born to win, when they started camping out for 40 years, everywhere the camp was set up, Reuben and Gad stuck together. Just like Judah and, the Benj and, and Benjamin stuck together. Every one of them kind of had partners of, 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 of tribes that stuck together more than others, like a family. But they stuck together, those two. Now listen. And when it came time for Israel to cross the Jordan River into the promised land, your Bible said, we, we, we preach and tell people that all the children of Israel came across. That's not what it says. Two tribes stayed on the other side of the river. 
and never entered the promised land. Guess who those tribes were? Reuben said, I like it here. Let's settle here. This is good, but it's not God's best. And Gad, because of their tight association with Reuben, the greatest danger to a winner is who you associate with. Because negative people will make you settle for less. Dream thieves will take away what God has called you to because they'll convince you that you can't do it. Who you associate with is critical. Preaching better than y'all letting on. He said, I want you to win, but you're not going to win if you Unless you quit hanging around the wrong people. If you're struggling with drugs, quit hanging around drug addicts. If you have an alcohol problem and you can't control it, quit hanging around a bunch of drinkers. If you are a negaholic, you don't need to get around other people who are negative. It brings the worst out of you. Stay away from unstable people. Get laser focused Get a made-up mind. Get deer's feet that gets you out of negative situations quick because God says, I have a high calling for you. You were born to win. You can't play around with losers. Get away from the wrong crowd. And when you see that, that you were born to win, I want to conclude with this. The Bible said, thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. Thanks be unto God, which always causes us. The word cause means assigning blame for manipulating the outcome. They caused it. They, they manipulated the outcome. God says, I am manipulating the outcome of your life to win. You always triumph. You always win if you stay connected to me. Even if your present is being trampled, in the end, you win if you stay connected to me. Kingdom Connection is a soul-winning ministry that is reaching the world through broadcasting, expanding into new church campuses, and global acts of compassion. By using the technology of today to fulfill the Great Commission, we are able to connect with countless people and reach hundreds of thousands of lives. Our broadcast connects with people like you all around the world with messages that speak to them. Our ministry exists to help build a connection for strengthening your faith and living out your God-given purpose. And our missions and relief work help connect you to desperate situations, showing the love of Christ through global acts of compassion. We feel the time is right and God is leading us to grow, and that only happens when you partner with us through Connection Partnership. With as little as a dollar a day, you'll be helping us reach further than we've ever been before. To become a part of this ministry and enjoy exclusive partner benefits, visit us online at jensenfranklin.org. Hope starts with you. Together, we can do something incredible for the kingdom of God. Your support helps us preach the gospel to over 200 nations around the globe, produce inspirational resources, and continue support for outreach projects. All donations received through a campaign are subject to redirection at the discretion of the organization.